0: You're listening to something real with Pastor Rich Zeiger and Stacey Cozio, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. Thanks for joining us. Good. Hello, oh. welcome. Yeah, right. Yes. He froze for a moment. I, I, that was not your, don't adjust your screens. <laughs> Rich had a glitch.
1: No, it's, it's signal was <laughs> signal <is> weak.
0: <laughs> That's the story of my life.
1: Ah, now the signal's a little better.
0: God, we're off to a great Did we starter, kick the we? table? I All right. the table. We are the so, table. So it's nasty out today. It's nasty out today. It's
1: a tad gross in Michiana. It's uh, kind of gray, kind of 40s, kind of rainy spitty windy gross supposed stuff. to be the last
0: nasty day for a while from what i hear looks but.
1: like we're gonna have uh, 60s and 70s after tomorrow so cool. tomorrow will still be chilly but supposedly but not uh, not gross which is, is
0: my like if summer stayed like that
1: 16, oh yeah, 70s, yeah. i'd be
0: okay with summer
1: yeah that's my life but, but it I, doesn't it's gonna I be really july enough.
0: and it's gonna be gross in a different
1: way. Nice so. thing about Michigan is if you don't like it, if you don't like the weather, just wait a little while and it'll change. Yeah. And if you do like the weather, just wait a little while and it'll change. True. But one way or another, we get to, have, I, I love all four seasons and I mm-hmm. complain about all four seasons. So it's, you know, it's the nature of living in a fallen world, I suppose. I don't
0: like spring. I just,
1: I guess. I don't it. like mud. Same. And I, 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 like, I
0: associate mud with spring.
1: I love the greening of the trees when they go from Looking dead, to uh, especially when they first start to do it, and there's just almost a glow to mm-hmm. it. That, that's a pretty awesome thing. Um, but that is much cooler when the sun is shining, and we haven't seen a lot of that. True. Anyway. So.
0: Meanwhile.
1: Meanwhile, God <laughs> still is working, regardless of what the weather is, whether it, whether we see it or feel it. You know, it, it's something we talked about a long time ago, and and uh, you know, it came up in a few different sermons that when on days like today, when it's gray and it's cloudy and and you know, just kind of you know, oatmeal-y weather, um, <clears throat> the, without brown sugar or raisins. Um, oh, never mind. <laughs> the sun hasn't changed. The sun is still shining. It's doing exactly what tomorrow. it was doing before. Um, we don't see it. We don't feel it. There are obstacles in our way that, that prevent that uh, as the clouds block our view, but nothing has changed. And mm-hmm. in, in the same way, uh, God is always God, you know, and so no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're feeling, no matter what attacks we face uh, or how we've messed up or, or or just the the emotions that that tend to be a roller coaster throughout our lives. God is still God and he's still doing what he's doing. And so that's that's the core reality we saw in Numbers 22 as we were uh, kind of working through this and really getting an overview of 22, 23, 24. Um, but but focused on chapter 22, we see that God's people can trust that he's working on our behalf, even when we can't see it. And so we used as our memory verse, a very well-known uh, verse that, that I think most church folks recognize. It's uh, on all kinds of mugs and t-shirts and bumper stickers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, even if we don't pay attention to the context of it. And that's Romans eight twenty-eight. That we know that uh, all things work together for the good that, uh, for those who love God or call according to his purpose and uh, the NIV has in, in their in their rendering it it is a little bit of an outlier <clears throat> in pointing out that God works all these things to the good not just that they're working that's kind of implicit in the statement uh, the other other translations um, are a little more literal in saying that that the things work together but in the context it's clear that, that the point is whatever it is God's, unseen hand his sovereignty his providence constantly at work through those things whatever the junk is that we're dealing with it doesn't mean that it isn't terrible stuff because life in a sinful world is filled with terrible stuff but God's never not in control of it and using all of it for his children uh, to bring about our good and so even, even for those who are not as children, the circumstances that, that we face, all of human history is designed to bring you to the place of of the confrontation of the gospel, mm-hmm. of deciding, am I in or am I out? Do I, right. do I receive Christ by faith or do I reject Christ? And so there, there's no middle ground. Everything is, is moving us that, that direction. And then once we come to the cross and we... Uh, we receive Him by faith, and we become God's children. Now it's no longer merely trying to get us there, but those same hardships that we face are developing in us character, perseverance, um, bringing about the Christ likeness that is our destiny. And so uh, we can see in the in the process of it that no matter what it is that we're facing, um, our our prayers, our faith in God doesn't mean we're not going to face. Right things, right. you know, and we see that through the history of Israel, we see it through the church, we see it in the life of Christ Himself, and in our personal experience attests to that. What it does mean is that we can see it differently; our, our perspective changes. And when we entrust it, uh, when, when we entrust the difficulties of this life uh, into the hands of the God of all creation, who is our Father. Who has adopted us to be His own? We can trust that He is always working, and when He is working, He's working on our behalf.
0: Word. So. Sorry, I was distracted by a comment here. That's, oh my goodness, it's the entire song! <laughs> it's a Kenny Chesney song. I don't like Kenny Chesney, so you Good.
1: Can Curtis getting all wordy?
0: <laughs> Just copied and pasted the lyrics. You like any Kenny Chesney? No, really? I've never gotten into Kenny Chesney. Um, I cannot.
1: I'm trying sorry. to figure out why.
0: I'm sorry. See, I feel yeah. the same about Tim McGraw.
1: Emer- like, how can anybody not like
0: Tim McGraw? They're, they're the same person to me, and I, <laughs> I don't
1: like it. No. I know they're not, yeah. but
0: I don't. Mm-mm.
1: The mustache. About it. And yeah. Tim McGraw can beat Kenny Chesney in basketball with his eyes closed. So. Okay.
0: I liked Tim McGraw in The Blind Side, and, but that was about it. <laughs> that was about it.
1: Uh, apparently, uh, his what's uh, the Yellowstone spinoff that he's oh, in. Oh, yeah, apparently, I want to see that. Apparently, he's, apparently he's I heard it's there, very
0: but... graphic and violent, but I do want to see it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and Faith Hill's in that, too. I guess
1: the older historic. Yeah, yeah, I heard that, too. I guess the older historical ones have a little less foulness oh, to well. them, but...
0: it's usually how so it goes. Sorry, to, Curtis. I, I don't to, like uh... Kenny Chesney, but I'm sure the lyrics make sense. What,
1: what song did he post?
0: Uh, I don't know. Some folks living in the country... He literally posted the whole song. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I will say
1: that in, in the... Thirty some years that I have known Curtis Barr. What's the
0: name of that song? This is
1: probably the first time I've ever seen him quote any country music.
0: Kenny is so. crying right now. Well,
1: <laughs> good. I'm pretty sure Kenny don't care. Listen,
0: I'm a Shania Twain girl. <laughs> Kenny's crying
1: all the way to the bank is what. Oh, he's Dennis
0: right Barker now, so. liked that. Sorry, Dennis. Dennis knows I'm a Shania Twain girl, and he don't like that. So. How, how You don't like Amarillo Sky, man. Listen, so this is going to turn into a country Wait, podcast that, real that was, quick. That was
1: Kenny, right? No, I don't. Know. I don't know. I don't know you could tell me. Going he wrote, too far back, you
0: know. But, I don't know you <laughs> now Richard, rich smith is in the conversation with, with a whole lot smith of has joined the chat shania yes shania oh it's round and round Okay, guys this is going off the rails
1: Let's <laughs> i have a different round and round in my head right now being a child of the 80s oh so, god anyhow coming back to this the reality is that you know when we see what's going on in in numbers 22 uh, it, it really does build on everything that we've been seeing so the, the the children of God have been brought to this place you know God makes covenant promises in Genesis and he calls this people to himself uh, through nothing of their own they're not seeking God and, you know it starts out as just abram and abram's coming from this pagan place uh you know presumably also a, a pagan idol worshiper like everybody else around him God calls him out says, I'm going to make you a great nation I'm gonna uh, you know, make a great people out of you. All nations will be blessed through you, uh, and, and we know the story that goes on with Abraham. Uh, then in Exodus, then he delivers those people out of the uh, out of the bondage in Egypt that he had foretold to Abraham. Then in Leviticus, he explains to the to this people, this chosen people that he's called out, made his covenant children. And he explains to them, this is how uh, my covenant children live. This is how you look like me, because you're not like everybody else. You've been, uh, <laughs> as Red Foreman said, we're better than other people. So anyway. It's probably
0: the only <laughs> thing Red Foreman says that, that you can say on this podcast. Better than
1: people. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, very <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. But, but the reality is that, that we can't be like the nations and call ourselves uh, children of God. And, right. and And that's true today. I think sometimes in... Uh, in the in the weakness in the in the uh, the warm passivity of modern evangelicalism, we have this tendency toward a, a cheap grace, uh, easy believeism. That's a phrase that was used a lot in the '80s and '90s. This idea that we can um, just receive Christ through you know some magic prayer. And if it sounds like I'm belittling that idea, I kind of almost am. Um, it, it, you know, where we say words and we, you know, slip our hand up at a revival meeting or, or, or we come forward uh, and make a, a big public confession and then live our lives as if we're in control. Right. And that's never been the case. It, it wasn't the case in, in the Torah, in the Old Testament. It, it wasn't the case in the Book of Acts, in the New Testament. It, it, it's not the case now. Or, if we believe that belief, if we, uh, we have received Christ by faith. Then that rebirth brings about a different kind of life because sure. he's called us out from the world to be separate unto him. That's what—that's the basic idea of holiness: to be separated and other, as God is other. And so, and I think that's, that's a good why. argument
0: for there are there are other people today who are claiming Christ, but are twisting the scriptures around to fit the world today. Uh, you know, and what's acceptable and not acceptable and. Uh I saw I was a TikTok today and it said, uh this Really, was, that's so unusual. I know. It's very out of character for me to watch TikTok. Um, there was this, it was a man and woman talking, and the man was, was a Christian, the woman said, Don't you think that as a Christian man, a man of God, that you should be more tolerant? And the man said, Was God tolerant? <laughs> and she, you know, they got into this whole big argument, and she never really answered is able to answer the question. I wonder but, why. But right. So, but I think there are people who think. Christians need to be tolerant of everything, otherwise you're a bad Christian. But they're just kind of twisting things.
1: Yeah, I, I know I'm taking a random exit here, but the uh, the the truth is, tolerance is not a biblical right. characteristic. We're called to love. Tolerating <laughs> someone is not the same as love.
0: I'm being attacked right now. <laughs>
1: well, you know, for Shania
0: course. and TikTok, you
1: shouldn't have blasted Kenny because now these these guys are going to come <laughs> after you here. But uh, it, you notice he did mention rat. In so um, that's the Curtis that I remember. Uh, anyhow, as we're as we're looking at this, as we're looking at this, uh, the the idea of tolerance is a worldly principle. The idea of love is bigger than that. Yeah. And love uh, isn't just
0: that's getting twisted too. It is,
1: but it's not just you know you do your thing, I'll do my thing, live and let live. Right. This this. Uh, libertarian sort of spiritualism that that says you know me and jesus have our own thing going and that's it we were created for community god God designed that hardwired us for that from the beginning that is the nature of the church you cannot you cannot walk with god i'm going to make sure that i say this as gently as i can and as clearly as i can you cannot walk with god without being intimately connected with his body the church if we are not connected and when i say connected the the picture that we see in all all of it old testament new testament church history the picture that we see and the only way for us to live out what god has called us to the commands that we have in christ uh, is to love one another in a committed covenant relationship, not only with God, but with a local assembly of believers. Mm-hmm. We are united to the church worldwide and universal, but I can't love a theory. I can't love sure. an idea. I can't love uh, you know, the, the wonderful believers in South Korea that I'm never going to see because I'm not in South Korea. I can't love truly... The, the nebulous idea of the invisible church. I can love you. I can love the person with me, the person next to me. And the only way for us to truly love as Christ loves is if we have to love imperfect, flawed people who are, you know, bumping up against us and causing friction. If I, if I, it's not hard for me to love you, is it really love? That I mean, that's true. It, I don't have to have Christ-like love for Someone who does everything that I want and makes me happy all the right. time. But when it's hard, yeah, I like them. <laughs> well, I mean, that, there's there is a lot that goes in that. And that's why church membership matters. It's not church membership isn't like, you know, joining the Lions Club or, or, right. or you know, the Masonic Lodge or being a, a member in some kind of a group. It, it is a committed covenant relationship that says we are united by Christ. And because we are united by Christ, we are uniting to one another with one another uh, in this local assembly where we can walk out the commands of God. So uh, that <clears throat> I was
0: All right, I got a little off course. Yeah, of I was
1: headed to Chicago <laughs> and took the exit to Memphis. So it sounds you know,
0: like something I would do. Literally well, sounds like a country song waiting to happen, but not a Kenny Chesney one.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to challenge you to write it this week. I'll, I'll, save, I'll save that for what I need. i got need one to.
0: coming for Numbers 32. So. <laughs> anyway,
1: Adrian sent me. Uh, she's, I'm sure, not listening to the podcast uh, because I think they they might be traveling. Oh no, they're, no, they're the not perfect traveling time yet, to listen to a podcast. But I don't think they're listening right now. But <laughs> anyway, uh, she sent me a link, uh, YouTube link of a choir singing. I can't remember what the title was, but it was. Uh, from numbers 2417 mm. uh, put a song in, and nice. uh, she said they sang that in their high school choir. Oh. And so it, it was it was pretty cool anyway. Dupe. It's not super relevant, but what has been relevant to what we're talking about. Off today? the
0: rails today. Yeah.
1: Even when we're in actual content, we're not really looking too hard right now like, <laughs> at where we're supposed to be. But I'm
0: Distracted by the weather.
1: <laughs> but as we're looking at, at, at how this plays out and how we get to this place. the stuff that's happened in genesis exodus leviticus in the beginning of numbers when god is setting up his people they're finally getting ready to get into the Promised Land. Mm -hmm. right they're they're here um they've been out of egypt for a year or so they are there we see that first generation um set up perfectly by the lord to prepare them for military battle to prepare them for a life centered on himself and then Uh, As soon as they start to move, they start to complain. And then they they grumble to the point where eventually they even uh, just reject even going into the promised land. They can see it. They can see the bounty that God has for them. But, you know, there's giants. And, you know, can we just go back to Egypt and go back to our old life? Eating onions. And is... uh, it, it, as soon as you said that, I'm thinking of Keith Green's. So you want to go back to Egypt? If you have not listened to that, we should put a link for that in the in the okay. description. But uh, you know, there's a line in there: "Eating leeks and onions by the Nile." Anyway, uh, fantastic song, by the way. Um, but but they're they're all set up for it, and they finally even reject God's promise—the thing that that they're hoping for. You know, all this following God—it's it, about to pay off. You know, if you if that's the thing. Um, and they've still missed the idea that the greatest promise is his presence. He, he gives them that.
0: Which he has displayed over and over and, has, and over and, and
1: over. He's, he's worked on their behalf. He's taken care of them. They just keep belly aching. Number six, he He, he gives the blessing that that we've been singing and using as benediction, uh, that, where he says when the priests um, pray this over the people, that they will actually be stamping God's name on them. He'll, he'll place my name on these people. Which is the point. It, it's always been not about the blessings of God, not about the, the provision, the protection of the promises, but about the presence. And so when, when they reject God's promises and his promised land, uh, the inheritance and all of the covenant benefits, they actually are rejecting him. And so he sends them into the wilderness and we've seen, seen the last 38 years now of that going on. That generation passes away. The new generation comes. They start to complain. They have the curse. God uh, gives the, 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 the curse of the, the fiery serpents and has them lift up the bronze snake, which is a foreshadowing of what the gospel in Christ. Uh, as they look upon this emblem of, their, of the, the curse of their sin, uh, lift it up on a pole, they find salvation by faith in that situation as, as God has made a merciful provision for them. All of that behind them, then at the end of 21, uh, or the bulk of 21, they finally stop doing, striving, complaining, you know, hungering, seeking, doing all these things and just walk with him and just do what God says. So we see victories happening. And in these victories, it's so it's such a resounding victory that Moab, the nation next door that God's uh, not going to let them fight against, their descendants of Lot, there's a connection there. Uh, God puts them in this situation where the the victories have been so overwhelming that the king of Moab uh, looks at them and says, "Oh goodness, this is not going to work. I can't, I can't fight against these people. There's too many. Clearly, something's going on because they wiped everybody out. So, hmm, let me let me see if I can do in in some kind of a psychic, spiritual way through divination, if you will." what I don't think I can handle with my army so sure. he uh, sends for this pagan prophet for hire Balaam uh, and Balaam seems to be pretty well known for this and and the king says I, I I know that you know I've heard I know this this truth that whom you bless is blessed whom you curse is cursed uh, and we're reminded that that I think it's very purposeful and and evident that this is an echo of what God had promised his people before. As he, as he uh, said so long ago, those who bless you, I will bless those who curse you. I will curse. Mm -hmm. And now this uh, pagan King is seeking to curse them so that he can overcome them, Mm -hmm. but that's not going to work out so well. And that's what we're going to see over the next several chapters. And, and, you know, so understanding what we saw previously that, that the Lord delights to bless his children that he doesn't need our prompting to provide for our needs. He doesn't need our planning to remove our obstacles. He doesn't need our strength to fight our battles. And he doesn't need our assistance to keep his promises. That's all happening. Mm-hmm. And so now we get to chapter 22. They they reach the, the plains of Moab. They're camped here in the plains of Moab uh, across the Jordan from Jericho. And we all remember that story and song. And, and that's going to happen, but that's not going to happen until the book of Joshua. In the meantime, from here through the book of Deuteronomy into the book of Joshua, they're going to sit, they're going to camp. And for the next three chapters, they don't even show up. They're not even a story, right? They 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 camp, they sit. This is about Balak and Balaam, but it's really not about Balak and Balaam. It's really about God doing what God is doing, working on behalf of his people when they don't even know that this conversation is happening. And. I don't know how to, how to see this and not think of the book of Job when mm. at the beginning of the book of Job, uh, you know, um, the enemy of our souls comes before the, the father of all things. And, you know, is going back and forth throughout the earth and and so on and so forth. And uh, the Lord says, if you consider my servant Job and it's like, yeah, well, Job, you know, of course, Job's going to take care of you because he's got everything. It's all good for him. He's, he's wealthy. He's got all these kids and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, it's so the Lord allows the devil to smite Job, but you can't lay a hand on, on the man himself. So he takes everything away, he takes away all his possessions, uh, kills off his, his 10 kids. And it, it's just horrible. Right. And, and Job's perspective is, what am I going to do? The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God is good. Even when I don't feel it, it's, it's this is a horrible thing. The devil comes back and says, okay, so he got left all the stuff, but you strike the man skin for skin, right? And and the Lord allows him then to strike, strike Job, but he can't kill him. So mm-hmm. now Job is um, just overwhelmingly disturbed physically, right? He's got boils and all this stuff. Everything's garbage. He's living, you know, he's you know, camping out, living on the, the dung heap there in the community, scraping his sores with you know broken pottery from the from the garbage heap. Uh, just not a good picture. This is the, the wealthiest guy around, uh, righteous, great reputation. His three friends come, and, and then the rest of the book, the bulk of the book of Job, is Job and his free three friends having essentially what comes to a debate over theology and discipleship. You know, Job, if you just repent of your sin, God would relent. He's obviously punishing you. Job's like, I didn't do anything, I've been walking with the Lord. I can tell you right now, I did not do anything to bring this about. And if God would just show up, he would vindicate me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, I want to go to trial. I want to stand before the judge because I know I'm innocent and I want to be exonerated from this. His friends keep on going. They say, you know, I feel like the book of Job doesn't get used enough in in theology because it's awkward to be quoting Job's friends after the Lord is angry with them. But the things that they say about God are true. They're consistent with what we know from the rest of Scripture. The problem is they presumed to know what God's plans were and what he was doing and why he was doing it. And that's not their job. That's not their call. So the things that they said were right, but they were misplaced and out of context. And Job
0: didn't know either. Job
1: didn't know either. And So Job's thing, it's not like Job has this chipper attitude. Oh, hey, I'm just really super happy that, that God is smiting me. Uh, you know and sometimes we act like that like right. oh man job was so patient job was you know lamenting and weeping and frustrated and angry and he had all the emotions that you expect when life is falling apart but at no point did he curse God at no point did he uh, accuse God of being unjust we have a tendency to do that and, sure. and I think we promote that actually in evangelicalism I've heard a number of spiritual leaders, whether pastors or, or folks who ought to know better, saying things like, you know, oh, it's, it's okay to be angry with God. God is comfortable with that. And it's, it's fine for you to be angry with God. Uh, no, no, it ain't. It, and it's not logical to be angry with God. I'm going to shake my fist at the God of all creation. That, that, that's just the dumbest thing in the world. It's like I'm going to stand here and shout at the lion that's attacking me as if that means anything at all and it's not that God is afraid of our emotions or he's afraid of our honest questions but he will not tolerate our questioning his authority hmm. so god's sovereignty is that's over all things everything is happening for his glory within his sovereign will and and job gets that part hmm. he doesn't he doesn't understand anything that's going on and that's i guess the point that's the parallel between what we if see if he did here. then
0: that would be a whole totally different story totally different
1: story so it's the connection or the parallel that I see between Numbers 22 and the book of Job and what Jesus calls us to do and what Paul calls us to do. When when we continue to see that New Testament theme of walking by faith and not by sight, that's the same thing that the Old Testament has said. You don't have to get it. I'm God. You're not, right? And so when, when Paul says, if you walk according to the spirit you won't gratify the desires of the flesh mm-hmm. well the flesh is what i can see what i can feel what my emotions tell me what my physical urges tell me and i want to follow that what when i'm walking according to the spirit i'm trusting that god knows what he's doing
0: so that super mario thing i say
1: <laughs> walking
0: <We're laughs> yeah. through all the fire
1: right bombs. yeah right it, I, i'm i'm untouchable at this point you know it's Things can happen. There can be all the fire. There can be all of the the dangers and toils and snares. But by his amazing grace, he's carrying me through that. And either he'll protect me from it or he'll use it to shape me. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see here in in 22. God is protecting uh, his children, Israel. They don't even know that there's anything to be protected from. They don't recognize that they're under attack, but they are.
0: It's like when you, you know, when you protect your own child from, you know, so many hidden dangers that they don't even know exist. Absolutely. But
1: you are doing that on a daily basis. Child's playing in the middle of the highway totally oblivious to what's going on or, or you know.
0: Or keeping even keeping your child by you at the grocery store, you know, so they don't get abducted or whatever. They don't think about that, but it's all you're thinking about. To borrow from
1: Isaiah's uh, end times picture that the the child sticks its hands into a viper's nest, has no clue that there's any danger. And at that time there won't be, right Right. now there is. And we have to be aware of that. And the reason that, that this is such a big thing for Israel, they're going to forget this in, in a moment, right? It's, it's going to take not very long for them to forget all of these things that they learned, which reminds me of me. It doesn't take Same. very long. I yeah. can learn a lesson on Monday and by Tuesday I've forgotten it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we can be talking about these things in the podcast and I can go home and get stressed. Right. You know, these, these kinds of things. That are, never happens to me. This is the nature of being flesh right. you know the you know <clears throat> anyhow i just had a men in black reference in my mind i'm gonna let that go a
0: little flashy thing? but,
1: but <laughs> that's my normal state That's my adhd <laughs> means i was born with a little flashy thing so uh we see that god's people are under attack they don't know it they don't they don't get it god's working on their behalf but he's not telling them he's not hey moses just so you know i got this covered right his activity is hidden from their eyes and it doesn't matter because right. he's God. And and even though God is doing this and he turns Balaam uh, away, he says, don't don't curse them, these people are blessed. Uh, the enemies of God are relentlessly determined and Balak doesn't give up. Which he seems keeps going. stupid,
0: but whatever. Well, you know,
1: <laughs> again, you know, if you look at Revelation 12, and we don't have time to really talk about it, but the the picture that, that we see of Satan in Revelation 12 is just raging. And the more he's defeated and the more clear that it is that he cannot possibly win, the more fury and comes and when it just lashes leave, so out. Just,
0: yeah.
1: and, and, you know, and, and we kind of do that in arguments, you know, once we realize that our, our logic is flawed and we've lost the argument, then we start calling names and right. we start lashing out. And, I'm just going to hurt your feelings. Right. If I shout louder than maybe I right. win, you know, and so, you know, God, then does this um, strange thing? He, he he gives gives Balaam ostensible permission to go, and is angry f- with him for doing it. I, I, I take it in a sense like a, a divine sarcasm. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, fine, go ahead, and you know you're going to reap the consequences right. of what's going on here. But then he uses these very strange means to deliver him that. The donkey story that everybody talks about. The point being of all of it that God's not limited in in how He does it. His plans are going to come about, and He will always work everything together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose.
0: We'll stop there. That was a good way to end it. I didn't know how you were going to wrap that up.
1: (laughs) Well, we are the home of professional podcasts. True.
0: Sorry for all the Kenny Chesney talk. I didn't want to do it. Uh, (laughs) Thank you guys for listening.
1: (laughs) Can't believe you blasted Tim McGraw, man. Yeah, I'm
0: sorry. You can send me complaint emails if you want. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave them on Facebook, YouTube, or leave us a voicemail on the Anchor app or at two six 756 rlcc I'm going to be
1: country music all day today. <laughs>
0: we'll catch you later.